0: On this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, we talk with comic book writer and illustrator Kristen Gudsnuck about her awesome series Hench Girl and her other recent projects for Dark Horse Comics and Scholastic, plus an audio postcard from the real life Twin Peaks. Now, straight from the Timber Room at the Great Northern Lodge, this is 1.21 Gigawatts! Hey there, and welcome to 1.21 Geekawatts, episode number 32 for September 2018. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This podcast is meant to shine a spotlight on the aspects of geek pop culture that I think are cool and noteworthy and deserve to be celebrated. Finally, someone had the 100% original idea to start a podcast talking about geek stuff. You're welcome. Subscribe right now and never miss an episode. I love my family. I wish the best for them always and encourage them to have awesome adventures. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't crazy jealous when I learned that my wife Lulu and 13-year-old son Scott's vacation to the Pacific Northwest was going to include a quick trip to Snoqualmie, Washington. Snoqualmie, Washington is better known to genre TV fans as the real-life shooting location of Twin Peaks, the surreal, hilarious, terrifying, genre-bending drama series from creators David Lynch and Mark Frost. It's also just about my favorite TV show of all time. And I recently introduced my son to the show and he really dug it. Just the first two seasons, not the TVMA Showtime stuff. Come on, don't call child services on me, alright? The locations of Twin Peaks, found in Snoqualmie, played a significant part in setting the mood of Twin Peaks. The wind through the Douglas fir trees, the constant roar of the waterfall outside the Great Northern Hotel, the clattering of dishes and coffee mugs at the Double R Diner, all set the stage for the murder mystery of Laura Palmer, the cast of small-town characters involved, and the possibility that supernatural forces may have had a role as well. I've wanted to visit Snoqualmie for years, but hey, if I can't get there, at least I can send my correspondence, right? Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. It's five miles south
1: of the Canadian border, 12 miles west of the state line. Never seen so many trees in my life. Hi, this is Lulu French. And this is Scott Barton. And we are in Snoqualmie, Washington, at the Snoqualmie Falls, which were famously featured in Twin Peaks. Scott, you and Brad recently watched the original Twin Peaks series together, right? Yeah. And so now here you are seeing Snoqualmie Falls in person. What are your impressions?
2: It's it's pretty cool. It invokes all the wonder and majesty of the main theme and title.
1: So it does not disappoint. It does not disappoint. The view is gorgeous. It's a beautiful day. We see the lodge off to the left, and I believe we'll be heading there next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely worth the trip, and uh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. This must be where pies go when they die. hmm Scott and I are at Tweed's Cafe. Tweed's Cafe, which was called what in Twin Peaks, Scott? The Double R Diner. Right. And what are your impressions here, Scott?
2: Oh, I was kind of disappointed because it's like I feel like they changed a lot of stuff. And like I wouldn't have recognized it as the Double R Diner if I didn't know.
1: You wanted it to be more authentic on the inside? I mean, the outside looks the same. Well, it's not the same because it has a different name. But no, there is like an R&R diner sign on the outside.
2: Yeah. It's double R diner, mom.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: You'll you'll get laughed out of the Twin Peaks convention (laughs) if you say that.
1: I will keep that in mind for the next Twin Peaks convention that I attend. Okay, we also saw the big log. You want to talk about that, Scott?
2: Oh, yeah. It was a pretty big log right there.
1: Right, right. And it was seen in the pilot next to Laura's dead body. That's how...
2: It's heavy, it's wood. Log, log. It's better than bad. It's good.
1: Okay, and we also saw the gazebo. Yeah. And you stood in the gazebo. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we've seen some stuff. Was it cool? Was it good? Was everything you were dreaming of? No. Okay, talk about that, Scott.
2: Well, I just said why it wasn't everything. Because
1: it was. it's not as authentic as you would have wished.
2: It's not that it's not authentic. It just doesn't. I don't know. You don't need
1: know you need a theme a theme park that has like a Twin Peaks land so you can like step into the world. Is that what you want? Kind of like Harry Potter land, but Twin Peaks land.
2: Sure. So this was
1: not quite Twin Peaks land. I
2: guess so.
1: All right. No. I'm, yeah. I'm saying that's that's your experience and that's what you need. No, it's just
2: because it's been like. 30, around 30 years now. So, like, they change a lot of stuff. Towns become different in 30 years.
1: That makes sense. All right. That makes sense. All right. Well, this concludes our uh, Snoqualmie slash uh, Twin Peaks tour. Signing off. Love ya. Bye.
0: Damn good coffee. And hot. And now, Lulu French, you're safely back from your trip to Snoqualmie, Washington. Welcome back to the uh, home studios. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So uh, again, I'm super jealous uh, about that trip. Um, uh, I'm glad that you guys got to go. I know it was really quick for you, though, right? You were only there for a couple hours at best.
1: Yeah, just a few.
0: Um, so I want to I know a little bit more, actually, because it sounds like um, Port Scott's heart was a little crushed in a way that he indeed was not at Twin Peaks Land, and I am, uh, will be the first to say that I am absolutely willing to sign up for a multi-day ticket to Twin Peaks Land as soon as that exists. Um, I would I encourage Disney to buy that property as well, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, was was there anything that, that struck you when you were there, like, whoa, this is really. I mean, this sounds like the waterfall is the big hit, really.
1: Sure, yeah. When you see something in person, you know, like the waterfall or the Eiffel Tower or whatever, Big Ben, right? If you don't live at these places. Big Ben then... was not in
0: Twin Peaks and the Eiffel <laughs> Tower was not in Twin Peaks.
1: And then you eventually see it. You're like, wow, cool. There it is in person. And you're like, okay.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, you, you sort of intimated in there that after you guys saw the waterfall um, outside the Great Northern Hotel yes. a.k.a. the Salish Salish Lodge.
1: Yeah, however you want to say it because <laughs> I really don't know. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, we are not going to fact check this piece of information so if I, we're going to call it the Great Northern. Sure. Did you did you go inside there? Is that what you did? I thought you said that, that might be one of your next stops. Did you go into the yes. gift shop there?
1: Yes, we did go inside. Uh, we didn't look around uh, the lodge too much. Um, it wasn't like grand or opulent, you know, mm. it was um, pretty moderate. Um, but we very, uh, greatly enjoyed the gift shop, and uh, especially checking out all the Twin Peaksy little kitschy items you could get. Of course, you could get a stuffed log, <laughs> and I didn't
0: know that. that's absurd, and I love it. Yeah, that.
1: well, stuffed log pillows are a thing, sure. and so they sell them there. Sure, why not? Um, lady. I bought you the little key ring. You sure did. Yeah, the little key tag, the hotel room. I think that's um, Dale Cooper's like, Oh, room, I wonder right? if it's his
0: room number. you will have to check that. I haven't checked it. Okay,
1: room 312, people, so... Look it up. Yeah. And... Um, I, there were so many Twin Peaks t-shirts. So they
0: know. They know who's coming in there. <laughs> so They're I, not going in for the spa.
1: I took pictures of a whole bunch and sent them to you and made you uh, pick your favorite, which was the one I Jacks, which is... One-Eyed
0: Jacks t-shirt.
1: Yeah, because it's Coming not, soon
0: to an Instagram feed near you.
1: It's not overt, you know? Nope. It's kind of like, you got yep. to kind of know to know what it is, um, which is what nerds like to do, push up their gloves, go, oh, I know what that is.
0: Whoa. That's it. <laughs> That's a heavy accusation that you're lying there. Um, in uh, in that report, uh, when you guys were outside the Double R Diner, um, I heard motorcycles going past and I can only assume that that was uh, James Hurley on his uh, bike driving past. He of course was Laura Palmer's secret boyfriend who then proceeded to hook up with pretty much all the women on the show. Right? That was him? Right? Yeah, right? yeah sure. Yeah, and Norman remember? Reedus. And Norman Reedus, <laughs>
1: sure. The
0: zombie apocalypse has hit Snoqualmie.
1: I guess that's what's happening next.
0: Wow, that is really uh, impressive stuff. Um, okay, cool. Great. Well, you know,
1: I'm, while I'm yeah. here on the mic, sure, I'd like to do an ad. What? I'm your wife. I can get an ad for free, right? Uh. Yeah. So I started an improv school in New Jersey. Yes. Yeah, so like we're in northern New Jersey, but really we're at the southern part of northern New Jersey. Just a lot of math. (laughs) Just north of central New Jersey.
0: Whoa, 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 easy. (laughs) Slow down. So if you don't want to go
1: all the way to New York City for improv classes, which is not that far, but it's kind of far. You get home really late, right? Yeah. You can like look at rocketimprovcomedy.com and see if there's a, like a class for you. Actually, I'm doing classes for kids right now. Adult classes will come later, but we're also doing corporate workshops currently. So RocketImprovComedy.com for all your improv class comedy needs. Okay, just the kids' classes, <laughs> not the
0: adult For classes. all your needs, assuming you are between <laughs> fourth grade and 10th grade. Sure. You don't need to tell me this. I'm one of the partners of Rocket Improv. I don't know if you know that.
1: Thanks for the free ad, Brad.
0: Um Kristen Gudsnuck is a comic book creator who is having a moment. Actually, it's more like she's having another moment after a few very busy years as the creator of Hench Girl and Indie Comics Delight from Scout Comics. At the Garden State Comic Fest in Morristown, New Jersey back in July, I had the opportunity to speak with Kristen about Hench Girl, her other current projects, Modern Fantasy from Dark Horse Comics, and Making Friends from Scholastic, and maybe, just maybe, figured out what her secret comic book dream project is. Many of you may be familiar with the comic book series Hench Girl and its fabulously unique art style. That uniqueness comes to us courtesy of writer artist Kristen Gudsnuck. Hello, Kristen.
3: Hey.
0: Hey. Uh, for the uninitiated, um, because I could talk about Hench Girl, but that's not going to be nearly as much fun as hearing you talk about Hench Girl. For the uninitiated, could you give us the quick pitch of what Hench Girl is all about so that these people know finally what to ask for?
3: Um Hench Girl is a comic about a girl who works for a supervillain in a, a superhero world but it's just because she needs to pay the bills and she can't get a real job. So um, it's kind of a deconstruction of superhero tropes and also a meditation on underemployment in your 20s, <laughs> but full of jokes.
0: <laughs> and is troublingly related to those of us even beyond our 20s. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like <laughs> I would uh, consider that job listing myself, I think, at this point. Um, as we record this, a mountain of good Snucky and Goodness is about to hit and be released. <laughs> Uh, this month sees the release of uh, Modern Fantasy number one through Dark Horse. Hey, there it is uh, Which mixes role-playing fantasy with real-life drama. Is that right? Tell us about that seriously
3: um, Modern fantasy is a comic that I'm illustrating with the writer Rafer Roberts attached. He's really cool to work with It's kind of a, a mix of Broad City and Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> that is the greatest pitch line I've ever heard.
3: Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually been a nice place for me to be able to use my weird esoteric fantasy lore. like for an actual purpose rather yeah. than just being a nerd. So <laughs> it's really fun. It's it's a really silly series that lets me kind of just do whatever I want because in a magic world there's visually there's like no rules. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Um it, it's really it's really exciting. And it's a four issue mini series okay. From, okay. from Dark Horse.
0: That is awesome. And then in August making friends is released through Scholastic Graphics. There it is. Uh, What do we need to know about making friends, both the book and in real life? What do we need to know about making (laughs) friends, Kristen? Um, (laughs) Trick question. It's
3: funny because I was like, why am I writing a book called Making Friends when I am a weird shut in? But it's cool. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's why I wrote it because I was trying to figure it out. Um, But it's. The book is about a girl named Danielle who is, uh, she's just starting 7th grade and she doesn't have any friends. All her friends are in different classes and everyone is kind of scary. Um, And she inherits a magical sketchbook and anything that she draws in it comes to life. So she designs the perfect best friend (laughs) to make her cool at school. But then her friend is like... Who are my parents? Where do I live? Who am I? Uh, and it's very existential. Um, <laughs> nice. And so the title is, she literally makes a friend. Does she actually learn how to make friends?
0: Read it and find out. <laughs> that is awesome. I really like that. Uh, that that's an amazing concept. And. Um, uh, has suddenly made the must-read list right there. Um, I know that in the past you also wrote uh, Strawberry Shortcake, didn't you? For IDW, is that true?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I wrote a couple backup uh, stories in okay. a couple of their issues, okay. which was really fun.
0: I, I will admit, I will admit, I have not read the Strawberry Shortcake issues, but the fact that one of the collected editions is titled Strawberry Noir makes a very compelling case for picking it up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think Georgia Ball is the one who came up with that d- title, but um no, it was really fun to kind of try writing uh, for kids yep. because I mean this making friends is for kids, but Strawberry shortcake was me my first uh, try at, at writing kids stuff, which was <laughs> which was really fun. and it was also my first time writing with uh, like established characters mm. that I didn't make up <laughs> myself. So that was that was definitely like. An interesting challenge, but they're they're really fun, and uh, I think that they have a trade that has the, my backup stories in it.
0: That's that's excellent. Do you have? A, I'm guessing that the answer to this question is that you prefer working with your own creations as opposed to other licensed characters or something that the major publishers might put out. But um, is is that a uh, is that a challenge that you would dive into again? Or are there characters out there that you're like? I'd like to take a crack at someone.
3: Oh, yeah, there's definitely characters I'd love to write. Um, I, I, But I do like making my own stuff up because in that case, like, it's always right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, your characters yeah, 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 yeah. are always right if right. you wrote them. But right. if you're writing someone else's character,
0: well, sure, you, don't have, you, you don't have an, ruin it. Yeah, you don't have an editor breathing down your neck <laughs> saying, like, uh, you know, Hench Girl would not do, like, oh, right. she, like, would. Yeah, she, she would. She sure would.
3: I know exactly who she is. But, no, I, I definitely... <laughs> There's, like, certain X-Men characters that I would love to, like, I would love to write, like, an X-Men, like, one-off, like, Mm one-shot kind of thing. So I wouldn't have to worry about the crazy continuity. But I could just be like, hey, here are some X-Men. And, like, here are them, like, living their life for, like, one day. That would be, like, my ideal thing It's like, a really low-stakes random issue. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe someone got sick and they needed to, like, fill in for a month. That's my dream. I set the bar really high.
0: <laughs> Could I just tackle like a few pages at a time? Uh, that that would be that'd be pretty cool. Um, I I will admit as as I was writing that question and thinking like where do I want to see Kristen's uh, work at this point? Um, and I talk way too much about this character in general. But I know that Squirrel Girl just lost Erica Henderson. I don't know how you feel about that oh. book. But, um, are, are there are there books out there that you that you like or that you really sort of relate to, both, like, from your own style, in, in addition to just liking them because because you like them?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, I love Squirrel Girl. I thought Squirrel Girl was uh, extremely funny. Just, like, so many that's jokes per book. page, yeah. and Erica Henderson's art is so good. So, in a way, if I were to someday do Squirrel Girl, that would be kind of scary, because she's so good, but, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that, that kind of thing is, that's the kind of marvel that I like. Mm-hmm. The stuff where it it's not as interactive with the uh, canon and like where they can kind of do their own thing so that i love ms marvel um hellcat was really good basically yeah this the very side stories
0: (laughs) sure sure well yeah for sure there's a lot more freedom there and i mean it still fits within the larger continuity is that is that something as as a creator uh who is uh, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Um, so, so you've been working now for a while, of course. But when you look at like comics in general and the decades of continuity and the mountains of things that you'd have to dive through to like say like, hey, you're taking uh, Uncanny X Men. Good luck, sucker. <laughs> uh, is that is that imposing? Does that make you actually not want to take on certain characters or? Or how, how do you as a creator like what's the what's the sense of responsibility when someone says you know hey I want you to do this character even if it's strawberry shortcake or something do you have to dive into decades of strawberry shortcake lore
3: I had to watch I watched the whole show there you go I so yeah I would take that on myself but the nice if I if I did have to write x-men if they forced me I've um, <laughs> weirdly read an extremely huge amount of X-Men comics. I haven't read the 90s, but I read from, like, I read, like, a good, like, 15 years of X-Men. Like, all in a row on, like, the Marvel Unlimited app. Yep. And, and then at one point I just was, like, they wanted me to read New Mutants and I was, like, okay, fine, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, uh, I think you do need to do a lot of sure. research to do a good job. Yep. But my boyfriend knows a lot about it. Knows a lot about comics.
0: Well, that's good. So he that's could
3: good. he could help me fill in the gaps too.
0: Something, someone to lean on. Everyone. Yeah. So could you just proof this for continuity errors, <laughs> it sense. please? Well, where is the best place for fans to follow your adventures online and keep up with your latest work? Because there's so much coming out, no one should miss anything.
3: Um, uh, I would say my Twitter and Instagram are probably the best place. Uh, I am Henchgirl underscore comic on both of those.
0: Awesome. Excellent. You know where to find her. Thank you so much for the time and good luck with all these new books. It's so exciting. (laughs) Big time. Bye-bye, everyone. Modern Fantasy has just wrapped up its four-issue run, and you can probably still find it at a quality comic book store near you. Hench Girl and Making Friends are also readily available. And Marvel, if you're listening, Kristen's ready to create the greatest X-Men standalone issue you've ever published. Let's make that happen. And for those of you attending New York Comic Con, be sure to swing by Artist Alley and visit Kristen live and in person at booth F-21. Row F, booth 21. You'll be glad you did. That's it for this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts. Many thanks to my guest, Kristen Gudsnuck, and also to the quality people behind the Garden State Comic Fest who helped this conversation happen, Dave O'Hare and Sal Zolo, And thanks to Eric Balomo for recording the conversation in the first place. And thanks, of course, to Lulu French and Scott Barton for letting us live vicariously during their trip to Twin Peaks. I mean, Snoqualmie. And thanks, of course, to you for inviting me into your ear canals to nerd out. It means more to me than you know, truly. I'd love to hear what you think about this latest audio adventure, what do you like, and what deserves to be set aside like an odd-numbered Star Trek movie. You can tell me by leaving me a message at one of the show's many social media channels. They are the 1.21 Gigawatts Facebook page, where you can follow and discuss the latest film, TV, comic book, and genre entertainment news. On Twitter, I'm at 121Gigawatts, and on Instagram, I'm 1.21Gigawatts. Plus, you can find all of those feeds in one magnificent destination at the 1.21Gigawatts website. It has photos, blog entries, every episode to date, newsletter sign up information, and more. Get the to www.121Gigawatts.com and wallow in the nerdliness. People, I've got some news. I will be moderating a panel at New York Comic Con focused on digital interactive comic books on Thursday, October 4th, 2018, at the New York Public Library. The panel is called Science Nerds, Turds and Dead Birds. I know, it's an amazing title, you're welcome. And we'll discuss how digital and educational comics empower kids to solve problems through interactive experiences woven into engaging narratives. The panel will focus on the New York Hall of Sciences' digital comic book transmissions gone viral, as well as new offerings from Lion Forge Comics. We'll be in the trustees' room at the New York Public Library starting at 1.30pm. And of course, you can also get this information on the New York Comic Con website. Hope to see you there. I don't know if you're aware of this, but every episode of this podcast is available for free in the podcast section at the iTunes Store. It's so easy to subscribe and never miss a geeky second. You know what I'd really appreciate? Whether you're a subscriber or not, you can leave the show a review, hopefully a good review, on iTunes, which will help more people find the show, because that's how computer algorithms work, apparently. While it wasn't on iTunes, the most recent episode did get some lovely supportive feedback from Michelle Lakowski who wrote, Hey, everyone. Brad is an incredible interviewer, and I am personally one of his biggest fans. I know that I'm 5'0", but seriously, you should see his other fans. No height shaming, okay? <laughs> Michelle, thank you very much for the supportive words and for giving a voice to all of the altitude-challenged fans out there. All heights matter. And Michelle, the feeling is absolutely mutual, uh, which is my way of saying that Michelle's podcast, Never Tell Your Stories, in which she does tell her stories and those of her family, is absolutely addictive and voyeuristic and heartfelt all at once. I completely recommend it to everyone and anyone who wants to hear some crazy true stories told by a super affable storyteller. Thumbs up. Okay, back to you good people. If you're not an iTunes user, you can also find us by searching for 1.21 Gigawatts at SoundCloud.com or on Player FM. You clearly found us on one of those platforms, so congratulations! Browse the episodes listed there and check out another one. I'll even make a recommendation. If you enjoyed this chat with Kristen Gutsnuck, be sure to check out my conversation with Franco and Art Baltazar, the two principals behind All Yeah Comics! They've been tearing it up for years with their All Ages Comics and are super nice guys. That's episode number 2 of 1.21 Gigawatts. Give it a listen as soon as you finish this one. Huge gratitude to the sultan of the sequencer, composer and my co-producer David Cisco. You are and remain eternally the best, Cisco. Dear listener, if you enjoyed this travel-sized chunk of geekitude, please do share it with a nerdy friend. You can follow, like, etc., all of those social media accounts mentioned a few seconds ago, and let people know that you're listening. I'm Brad Barton, and until next time, here's nerd rock band H2 Awesome with our radtastic theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
2: gigawatts, whatever geek wants is what we got, from
0: Doctor Who to Aqualad, you might meet Luke and Leia's dad, pop culture that is super rad, hosted by
2: some guy named Brad, it'll rock you to your nylon Cylon socks. 1.21 1.21 freaking gigawatts.